Uh, for the first couple of years of my life, I spent a high proportion of time in the Royal Melbourne Children's Hospital. Uh, my poor mum almost died when I was born. And then for the first few years, I had a, I had a large cyst uh, in my throat, a large cyst that needed to be operated and removed. And so through a series of surgeries on my neck and throat over uh, the first couple of years of my life, that cyst was, re- was removed and through a, a range of life-threatening, prayer-saturated series, uh, you know, I, I, fortunately I've only got good memories of that time. God covered me, but it was a very significant time in my life. And if you look closely, you'll see that I've got some scars under my neck. Some of you have seen them, others haven't. Some of you thought it was where my second head got cut off, but that's not true. Uh, that, that's not true. It's just, it's just some scars. And, and uh, I, I did, when I was about 12 years old, riding motorbikes around the farm one day uh, on a track near the river, some, someone put a wire across the motorbike track. And so I went through and the motorbike kept going and I stayed. And fortunately, I was going very slow and it sort of Restirred some things up again, but thank God again, no damage. I've got some serious guardian angels in my life and some praying parents, which has been great. But, but the, the, the cool thing now is I'm sort of hoping it helps me sort of with not getting a double chin. That's one of the things I'm really hoping. That's long-term benefits. I'm not sure. I'll see how we go. Uh, but to touch it doesn't hurt at all. It's just a scar. It was once a wound. And for a couple of years was a wound and getting treated and getting patched up. But now it's a scar. It's a, it's, a, it's a memory. It's something that's part of my history. But it doesn't hurt me, affect me, or uh, change the way that I interact with people on a day-to-day basis because it's just a scar and not a wound. And I want to talk today about wounds, specifically father wounds. I know, I know. I'm just... I'm like kind of, I feel emotional just sitting there in worship knowing what I'm going to be talking about. Uh, father wounds. You may have heard of these before. Last week we started a series called Our Father in Heaven. When Jesus was asked by his disciples to teach them how to pray effectively, he taught them what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And it starts with this phrase, our Father, and depending if it's a new Bible or an old Bible, our Father who art in heaven. Uh, Some of us, it was our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. A little kid I knew thought it was Howard be your name, but no, it was hallowed be your name. (laughs) Our Father in heaven. That's this series. The, The word Jesus used for Father was an Aramaic word uh, that, that is we would say is Abba. And it was essentially the, the name that a, a little child, a four-year-old, a five-year-old would call their, their father, their papa, their, their daddy, their dad. Their, it was an affectionate, tender, warm expression that you would use to a, a, a good earthly father. And it was a shock to the disciples for Jesus to teach them to pray to Abba, Father. Because they knew God is distant, powerful, uh, the creator, the healer, the provider. But they didn't know that God's greatest intention for you and I is to know him as our father, Abba Father. And Jesus introduced this concept. And a lot of probably the main emphasis of Jesus' life was showing us what God the Father was like compared to what they thought or we thought God our Father was like. 
And he would demonstrate his tenderness, his kindness, his mercy, his goodness, his warmth, his generosity, his, his strength and his love and his protection. He would demonstrate that over and over again because he was rewriting the image that they had of God and that we have a father. When I say the word father, it's an emotionally loaded word for every person in this room. The emotions may be good, they're possibly good, they're probably good. In other cases, the emotions might actually be toxic and painful or just dull and mean nothing. You see, our experience of our own father, and then for many of us, our experience of religion have shaped our image of our heavenly father. For many of us, it's contaminated our image of our heavenly father. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says this, Hope does not put us to shame because God's love, this is the Father, our Father's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. When you become a Christian, Bible tells us we get immediately adopted into God's family and you become a son or a daughter of our Heavenly Father, just immediately adopted. His Spirit then comes and resides in your heart, the Holy Spirit. He's the one who gives you a peace and confidence that you're going to go to spend in heaven uh, in eternity with God. It's the Holy Spirit. You might be here today, you don't have a peace that you're going to spend eternity with God. Well, I want to pray with you a little later on so the Holy Spirit can come into your heart and fill you with a peace that you're going to spend eternity with God to wipe away the shame of our sin and our past and to give us a sense of purpose and the love of God. That's a, that's a game-changing moment. Baptism tonight is sealing that deal that's already been done. It doesn't make you right with God. It just seals what's already been done. And so this Romans 5.5 description is a description of what I believe God wants to do for you and for me every day of our lives, that our Heavenly Father wants to pour His love into our hearts through His Holy Spirit. I love the passion. It says He wants His love to cascade into our hearts. There's a waterfall of unbelievably amazing love from your Heavenly Father that He wants to pour into your heart every day. And that's the goal. My goal in this series and our goal as a team is that you can experience that every day and maybe if you're not we can help identify some why nots and move towards the experience of the love of your heavenly father every day you see when you have that love pouring into your heart it'll it'll do a lot of different things but two things that are obvious to me that we experiencing your heavenly father's love number one is it will fill you with confidence security about who you are confidence and the second thing is when love's poured into your heart, you'll be able to express love to others. So the effect of receiving love from your Heavenly Father not only gives you confidence in your identity of who you are, but it will shape and affect the relationships around you. You won't be able to express love effectively if you don't know how to receive love effectively. You can't give away what you don't have. And so the Romans 5.5 5 experience is all about experiencing the love of God. So we're going to look at three ways to do that. The first is it means that many of us need to get, get an upgraded image of God. 
And we began that last week. We talked about the prodigal son and, and Luke 15. Encourage you to listen to last week's message. But essentially, the three things we learn about God, our Father. Number one, He's passionate about you. Like passionate, the Father ran to His prodigal son. Doesn't matter what you've done. You're not disqualified. He's passionate about you. The second thing is He's affectionate towards you. Even though He was stinky of pigs. He put a new jacket on him and he hugged him and he kissed him on the neck and expressed affection to his son. God is affectionate towards you. And the third thing is he was extravagant in his forgiveness. And many of us struggle to receive the love of God because we think we're disqualified by our past stuff-ups or our current struggles. But what, what we learn from that story is God, when we come to him, he doesn't lecture us. Or label us. He loves us as his kids. And it's awesome. I love this quote from A.W. Tozer. It says this, What comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. When you think about God, when you think about your heavenly Father, what wells up on the inside, not what's intellectual, not what you've learned, not what you can write down, but what you feel and sense about God is the most important thing about you. So how do we get our thinking right? We're going to look at some biblical images of father, fatherhood, but, but really one of the key things that we need to talk about is many of us have experienced wounds because our natural father, who's really supposed to be a representation or a reflection of our heavenly father didn't fulfill all that our father that he was supposed to do and it's left us wounded it's left us in pain when jesus got baptized matthew 3 verse 17 says this a voice from heaven came saying this is my son whom i love with him i am well pleased three things now, this is Jesus, the Son of God, with the DNA of God. And in a public moment, now before then, the Bible says he had favor with God, with man. So he'd already personally was experiencing his father's love pouring into his heart. God, God knew fathering was so important that he gave him a stepfather, Joseph. I wanted to shout out to all the stepdads today. Your role is vital to pour love into your kids and your, your partner's children. I want to shout out all. We've got so many great dads in this church. I want to just say, keep doing what you're doing. Keep pouring love into your kids and trust God. He'll, he'll fill the gaps. All right, just keep doing that. But this voice comes from heaven. This is my son whom I love in whom I'm well pleased. This is, this is three things that every father has been given the responsibility by God to speak over our children on a regular basis. You're mine. You're, you're a, in my case, you're a Pierce. In your case, whatever that might be, you're part, you're part of our family. I love you. Not because you do the dishes. Not because you mow the lawn. Not because you clean up your room. I love you regardless of your behavior. And I'm proud of you. You bring me great joy. One of my, let's, let's, one of my passion points is fathers' weddings at speeches. Let's just call it a passion point. 
And I sit there and I go, this is, this is the moment, Dad, over your daughter or over your son. This is the moment in front of all of the important people in your life to say, my daughter, I'm proud of her. I love her. And to say why. And too often I hear dads, probably because they never heard it from their own dad, just make light of the moment, tell silly stories, almost be embarrassing, and then move on. And I think, no, it's the moment to say. It's, it's one moment. It's a big moment. It's the moment to say, you're mine. I'm proud of you. And I love you. Now, those moments are regular in our life, but that's, that's a big moment. I watch and I study and I cringe or I celebrate when it's done well. You see, all of us are hardwired in our human DNA to hear our father, our human father say, you're mine, I love you, and I'm proud of you. The absence of that, for whatever reason, creates what's known as a father wound. The absence of those words. The good news in Psalm 27 verse 10 is this, even if my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me in. Here's the good news. God wants to be your father and he wants to heal the wounds that have got into our heart because of what our fathers did or didn't do. But ignoring them and hoping they'll go away or that they're not real or that I'm not being affected essentially secures something on our heart about what a father is. And you and I, every one of us, there's something written on our heart when we hear the word father. Now, I want to help all of us, and I've been on this journey, I want to help all of us rewrite what we think of when we think about God so it lines up with the, with the Bible, our father, God. But here's the deal. If I go to the dentist and I've got decay, what they do, they don't just start to fill up the tooth with, a new, with some new um, um, fillings, do they? Because if they fill up the tooth with new fillings but there's decay down under, what happens? The decay keeps going, keeps rotting. And I'll still have pain, although the surface is hardened, I'll still have pain. And what God wants to do with your heart and my heart, he doesn't want to come and just rewrite what he's like. He wants to get in. I'm not going to have a sound of an electronic drill going on right now. He wants to get in to where there's pain and clean it out. Now, here's the good news. The, the anesthetist is the Holy Ghost, and he's really good. He's really good. But it does not mean there won't be pain in the removal of father wounds. And we're helping anybody today. So father wounds can come from this. It's the absence of that, those words, that, that, that expression. It can be through neglect. A father can give more attention to one child who's got greater level of needs and another, father, another son or daughter can just feel neglected. Neglected because of work focus. Neglected because of other focus. Absence. Father dying when a child is young. Divorce, separation, just being always away. Abuse. Mental, physical, sexual, spiritual abuse. Talked last week about fathers who weaponize the Bible to control their children. Control, an oppressive domination of rules and legalism that cannot be lived up to. 
or withholding. Not necessarily intentionally, maybe unintentionally, but withholding of love, blessing, and affirmation. A number of years ago, I went to Taiwan, with Taipei, with Mike Connell, uh, and he was preaching to a stadium of thousands of Taiwanese people, and he was talking about, really setting us up for deliverance, but he was talking about the, the wounds that a father can leave on a son's heart or a daughter's heart. And he began to, he asked people to stand up and ask the ministry team, of which I was part of, to walk around the room and just to pray for, for people wherever they were who were standing up to pray and hug them. And I, I've got this vivid memory of, of a lot of Taiwanese people who, whose fathers were distant or, or too tough on them or too hard on them, who never said, I love you, I'm proud of you, you're mine, those things, and just literally being gripped and sobbing, sobbing tears while we pray, let the love of the Father come into your heart to heal the wounds of your Father. Literally, like gripping, gripping. It marked me. Sometimes, and this would be me to an extent, sometimes because of a false sense of honor, we don't want to actually face the truth about how we've been affected by our fathers. A false sense of honor is, the Bible tells me to honor my father and mother. Therefore, everything they did was good. And I'm not going to focus at all on the bad. That's not what honor is. Honor is focusing on the good, making a decision to the way you speak about your father or your mother and upholding them before God. But honor also then go. honor allows us to go, well, this was what was bad. This is what shaped me, affected me, hurt me, and I'm going to give due diligence to dealing with that so that I can actually hold my parents in esteem without the pain long term. If we have father wounds, what happens, and this is where it's a wound and not a scar, a wound means sometimes we get bumped and we get angry. We get bumped and we feel rejected and we retreat. We, We get bumped by a phrase or a thing or a circumstance or feel overlooked and we retreat or we react or we get critical and it's like disproportionate to what's happened. Why? Because there's a wound on the inside. Now, I've talked about my own journey with this and this is the fun part of my message, which I tried to get out of, but I'm going to share it anyway. Uh, I've talked about how awesome my, my parents have been. Uh, they're no, no longer with us, growing up in a beautiful Christian home. My dad particularly was physically warm and affectionate. And so when I think of my dad, I've got these great memories of warmth, affection, love, and it's helped me in my connection to God to think of God as affectionate and warm and loving. But also, like many of his generation, he was, he was a, a, a builder before the, the boomers. Like many of his generation, like many of you would understand, my dad was just not good at expressing his emotions. Just wasn't good. And so I, I grew up with what I didn't realize. I would always say, a good Christian home, my dad loved me, but but missing a dimension of fatherhood. Uh, I call it an affirmation deficit. So an affirma- the affirmation of I love you, I'm proud, like verbally, I love you, I'm proud of you, you've got what it takes, that, those kind of, that just did not come from my dad, didn't come from my dad. And so that left me vulnerable. If you don't have that, you become vulnerable to other people's words. And others people's words mark you more than they would if you had a, the protection of affirmation from your father. 
Because the most important thing about you in that you know, young age is, is so much what your father says about you sets you up for life. And I'm, father and mother, but I'm talking father today, all right? Moms, you're awesome. It's, just, it's our father in heaven, so stay with me. So if you met 20-year-old John, he was handsome, had a mullet. <laughs> was externally confident. You'd think, you're, you're a confident guy. You, you, you know, you're, you've got a lot of things going for you and a great family and stuff like that. And you would, you would hear me speak about my dad and I'd cry and there'd be a genuine sense of love and warmth. But my inner world was different to my external world. If you were to look at the inner world, you'd see someone who felt quite insecure, who struggled to, and compared myself with others and often felt inferior, who would hit certain situations and would get rejection triggered in my heart, who'd be too worried about what people thought of me and then tried to be a people pleaser, or alternatively, when comparing myself to others, if I didn't feel I measured up, I'd pull them down and be critical. Now, not overtly. I mean, I was a nice guy. But that, that, was the, that was the inner theme of my heart. And as a Christian, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to manage this or hide this rather than let God come and heal this. And managing your father wounds is not the way to go. Getting healed from them is the way to go. So when I was about 22 years old in this church on an older call in the Kiwana Community Center, I'd heard some messages in the previous few years about the father heart of God. A guy called Floyd McClung, if you've ever read his book, I recommend just a great book about the father heart of God. And it began to change my perception and realize that, okay, there's been a gap in my life and I need to start to learn to receive God's love. But the first thing I needed to do, and I remember standing on the altar in the community center while everyone else is having a fat time experiencing the presence, power, and love of God, and I'm feeling zip, nada, nothing. Wondering what's going on and God revealing it's my heart. If you're going to receive the love of your heavenly Father, then you're going to need to do some heart work. And it began a journey for me and a journey over a period of time of making a decision. And I didn't feel like I needed to, but then making a decision, I need to forgive my Father for not verbally affirming me. And I'll talk another time when I have about the journey of restoration in that, in my relationship with him to where, I, where he, it ended up become part of our life where he did affirm me. And it was a beautiful restoration. But that was because God began to heal my heart first. It, began with, it really began with this going, honestly, honestly, I've got a problem. I've got, there's something not right in my heart. I was reading the Focus on the Family article around healing of the wounds of our father, and they said there's four blockages, but the first blockage, they said, is pride. Pride says, I'm all right. I'm okay. Louis Giglio, in his book, The Perfect Father, talks about those of us who simply ignore the sting of our father's wounds and say things like this. I don't care about my dad. I don't, couldn't care less what he did or didn't do. I don't need him anyway. I'm fine, fine, fine. And I'm, I'm never going to let him know how much he hurt me. 
What he did then has nothing to do with me now. I'm better off without him. If that's the way he feels about me, then that's the way I feel about him. I don't care if I'll never see him again. My dad's a loser. I'll never be like him. My future husband will be so much better than my dad. But these are statements that ignore the reality that our heart has been decayed by wounds. And the starting place for healing of father wounds is to go, okay, I've, I've got some. I've got some. I was preaching on last Sunday night and talked to someone after the service and they said, oh, I thought I'd dealt with this. I made a statement and said, oh, because I've prayed a prayer, I choose to forgive. Choosing to forgive is the starting place. But the actual healing of the pain and the wounds is a journey. It's not a prayer you pray once and then you're done. It's a journey to let God in. So how do we go on this journey? Are you, are you ready? Do you want to know? <laughs> just, for, just for a friend. <laughs> Number one, we've got to be honest. Suppression, denial only hurts us and eventually we end up angry, controlling because we don't want anyone to get close or near us in case they hurt us. Restricted in our relationships, running around people pleasing, critical of others, all of these things, they end up defining us and they damage our confidence and they damage our ability to receive our Father's love and they damage our relationships. So you go, okay, I don't know, I don't know what to do. You start with forgiveness. Psalm 55, 22 says this. So this, here's what I've learned through it all. Leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord and measureless grace will strengthen you. Here's the really good news today. If you need healing from wounds that feel like you're never going to get there, are too deep, too painful, there is a measureless grace available from the Spirit of God to come and help you. He'll help you forgive. It's not human to forgive some of the things some of you have encountered. It's not natural, but there's a supernatural ability from God to forgive. There's a supernatural grace. There's a measureless grace to strengthen you. You make the choice to forgive. And then you begin the journey. And my journey began on the altar. My, my journey began saying, God, I, I choose, okay, these guys bullied me in high school and it affected my heart. And I forgive those people who bullied me. And this teacher... I forgive that teacher and I forgive these people. But, at the, but then when I back it up, I actually forgive my father for the, and I, I didn't use these words, but the affirmation deficit. I forgive him. He didn't know. I didn't blame him. It wasn't his experience. It wasn't his intention. Maybe you all have heard this, hurt people hurt people. So many of us have been hurt by a father who was hurt by their father, who was hurt by their father and they didn't know any better. They didn't sit in the service hearing a message saying the words I want you to say to your kids today. Fathers, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're mine. I didn't hear that sort of teaching. They didn't, wouldn't have known how to get that out. Turn to alcohol, the duller pain, whatever it was. And it's affected us. 
So we make a choice. I'm gonna, how do we get this pain out? Okay, the, the pain might genuinely start with anger. It might be anger. Anger's okay. Now, okay, let's, let's just talk about how you process. Don't get on the phone to your dad straight away. Don't go, oh, I haven't talked to him for 20 years. I'm going to make an appointment to go and restore. No, no, no. It's heart work. Do the heart work. Do the heart work. The heart work is let the real raw emotions, not the sanitized Christian emotions, the real raw emotions come out. That can be journaling, praying, talking to God, letters. I love connect groups. We're doing this study together over the next, over this term. Our Father in heaven. You, many of you are going to find healing just talking this through in connect group. I love there used to be, you know, you could buy pain medication and at the end of it they'd say, if pain persists, see the doctor. Okay. If pain persists, some of us need to see a psychologist counselor, need to see a doctor. It's worth the deep dive into the pain for the freedom that's the other side. It's totally worth it. You know that there's a place. Now, do not, don't, don't misunderstand this, okay? Uh, healing the father wound does not necessarily mean reconciliation. I mean, some of us, our fathers have passed away and so that's not even an option. Some of us, they're, they're, they're just going to cause you pain. So it's reconciliation is not necessarily what you need. Yeah. Building trust or rebuilding trust is a much slower journey than your forgiveness journey. So that's, it's like one journey is healing of your heart. Another journey is possibly rebuilding trust and relationship. But you've got to do them at different paces. Next week, we're going to talk about learning to receive your heavenly Father's blessing because that's what will allow healing to really take place. When you begin to let the love of the Father pour into your heart and bring healing while you're releasing forgiveness. Healing comes while you're releasing forgiveness. All right, are we doing okay today? All right, can we close our eyes? Father God, Abba Father, our perfect Father, you see the wounds, Jesus the Bible says that it's by your wounds that we are healed. At the cross, you took all of our pain on yourself. When you were whipped and wounded, it was so that we might be healed physically, mentally, and emotionally.
So today, those of us with really great dads, we just give you praise and thanks for the image that they've created of you. For those of us who this whole topic brings up pain, Lord, some have already experienced your healing and the wound has been healed and it's now just a scar. And I thank you for what work you've done in so many hearts already in this area. So many people in this room have already been set free. Lord, but there's many of us who need healing. Give us the courage. Help us to move past the pride that says, I'm okay. And help us to step into the arena of healing, which is honesty and humility. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you, church. David Crowder, I'm handing over to you.